Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. And we've got a special guest with us today. He is a, a student, a former student of Dave, anyway, and he has written a paper on uh, women in combat. And so uh, Dave especially thought, hey, this is a great Tag Your It episode uh, issue to deal with. So, dude, introduce yourself. Tell us your name. Tell us uh, just just the good general info that uh, the people that uh, get on our podcast need to know about you. Yeah, sure. My name is Colton Cruz and uh, born and raised in Oklahoma. Uh, after high school, I went and joined the Marine Corps and it's where I met my wife. She she was not serving in the Marine Corps, uh, but her dad was a was a chaplain on my base. And so that's how I met her. Um, uh, Twelve years later, we have three children and, and you know, my ministry is, is focusing on shepherding my family right now. Um, we, we homeschool our kids on our little farm here in Oklahoma and uh, you know, prayerfully, I, I hope that one day I'll be able to shepherd a, a church of my own. Mm. Um, and and I, you know, I pray that that the Lord will use me in that in that way. And you're right. Right now, I'm uh, attending Spurgeon College, and I'm mm. working on my MDiv. So uh, this is all on online for me. Uh, and and so I'm kind of homeschooled myself, but I'm I'm loving it. So. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Nice to have you on the show, yeah. and uh, thank you, Dave, for uh, bringing this together. Oh, man, I'm so grateful. Colton was uh, an exceptional student, and it's always a privilege and a pleasure to be able to show my students that what they're doing actually reaches beyond the walls of the classroom, uh, even though we didn't have a classroom per se. But what is being stated, the work that's being put forward is actually helpful in expanding the kingdom. And I want to make sure that I can do my part to equip students to have an opportunity to share those things, the giftings that God has given them with people beyond our class, because I think that's incredibly important thing. And so Colton did an exceptional job with this paper. And I thought, man, I have just got to make sure this content gets out to other people. So mm-hmm. with that said, Colton, you told us a little bit about your family, a little bit about where you are. Uh, tell us just a little bit more about your military service. This is obviously a topic that you've had to deal with because like me, you served alongside some women. And uh, I always noticed an aw- awkward kind of tension there. Um, not that any of them were like terrible people or anything like that, or even terrible soldiers for the most part, but it was different. So tell us a little bit about your uh, how you kind of came into this topic, and then likewise a little bit about your time in the military, how this kind of impacts the way that you approach this idea. Yeah, of course. Uh, so whenever I first got into the military, um, women were still not integrated into combat roles yet. That didn't happen until uh, 2013, around that time, which was actually the time I was getting out. Um, so I was in a combat role. Uh, I was attached to tank battalion, and um, and so we didn't have any women directly in our battalion, but throughout our training and and we were always exposed to to women who were um, even getting regular rifleman training. And, and honestly, uh, I'll just tell you that if if you have a daughter, any branch of the military of the or the armed forces is as a father your worst nightmare because mm. um, anything that you can imagine that is worldly or sinful. Uh, your your child, whether it's a you know boy or a girl, they will likely participate in that. And and um, I I have many friends who served in the military and and uh, brothers who who I would die for. But unfortunately, the world the the military is a is a dark world to be in. And uh, and it, I'll tell you, it changes young ladies. Um, so the military mind mindset is to Let's let's take these men or boys 
and let's turn them into monsters who um, are, are quite bloodthirsty. And um, it's almost a brainwashing technique. And mm. uh, and it takes years to get over that once you've gotten out. In fact, once you get out of the military, you have to go through a kind of a a a, a a, a course to help you get back into regular civilian life. Um, but what I've seen it do to young women who, who, who serve not in combat roles, but uh, in any in administrative roles, it, it really truly destroys their femininity and, and they have to constantly fight to keep up with men. Um, and then once I got out of the military, I, I joined the Tulsa County Sheriff's office and, and and I saw it even worse there because this these are combat frontline roles, um, and and where you're constantly seeing women where they where they they feel like they have to overcompensate, which often gets them into bad situations with criminals who are not afraid to hurt women. They they've hurt women in their in in their life before, likely, uh, and and they're not afraid to do it again. Even another another felony on their on their record isn't going to hurt them or, or change their mind. Yeah. 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 Lots to cover there. That was exceptional. I really appreciate the background on that. So now we've kind of seen from your experience uh, a little bit of not only the military component, but also your time as a sheriff in the sheriff's department, seeing these two uh, roles that do require a domineering and a dominance uh, on the male part. Uh, again, yeah. even trying to prepare your mind to think in that type of military mindset, I would say, is uh, it's not even for w just women, even for men, it's a, yeah. a change. And so as we think about that, help me a little bit, and Adam and our audience, kind of think about a biblical response to what happened in 2013. I know that there was a mm -hmm. Uh, there's been a resolution or two that the Southern Baptist Convention has put forward, but let's just think about it biblically. As you consider this idea, where, where are some of the um, passages of Scripture that caused you to understand this as not a normative pattern for creation, but actually uh, not in line with the way that God has created both male and female? Yeah, so— um you, you hit the nail on the head whenever you said creation, and and so mm -hmm. because this is a sin issue, uh, we have to start back to back to, uh, in Genesis when whenever the fall took place, and 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 you know we know the story. Adam um, was kind of absent at that time, and Eve was was deceived by the serpent. She ate of the fruit, uh, and then she turned and uh, went to her husband and gave him the fruit, and he willfully uh, acted in disobedience and ate the fruit. And so um, in in Genesis 3, specifically 14 through 17, we see that the uh, the punishments are being laid out. Mm -hmm. uh, and and starting in verse 15, it's interesting because there's a uh, it, this is the serpent's punishment. And verse 15 says this. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise and you shall bruise him on the heel. Um, and uh, the interesting thing is we, we know that this is foreshadowing Christ, but, yeah. it, you know, notice the Lord doesn't say that that she will bruise you on the head and you will bruise her on the heel. This is this is not the woman who's going out into battle, um, but but her seed she's giving birth and nurturing and and interestingly enough 
the seed is given the pro pronoun he. Um, and then and then verse 16 lays out the punishment for Eve as well as all women um, saying to the woman, I will greatly multiply your pain and, con and conception. In pain you will bear children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So the Lord makes like three interesting points that mm. that drive this home, and, and it's punishment for childbearing, the punishment as a desire, and then punishment as submission to her husband. So the serpent was punished for his deception. Eve was punished for being deceived, and then mm -hmm. uh, something happens in verse 17 that is really interesting and changes, uh, changes the dynamic a little bit. Uh, in verse 17, then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat from it. So Adam is actually being punished for two failures. One, obviously he was willfully disobedient, but second, he willfully submitted himself to his wife. That's yeah. So he's being punished for that. Um, and then so from Genesis 3 on through human history, uh, we see how this sinful act of of desires of women wanting to step into the male role, I mean, it happens time and time again all throughout Scripture. Um, yeah. So this is really nothing new. It's nothing that should surprise us. Uh, and your listeners may think that this is a weak argument, but really this is this is just the beginning. Um, specifically in in Deuteronomy 22, the Lord is laying out some laws for is the Israelites to abide by. They're they're to remain a holy uh, nation and uh, and to be called worthy of of being Yahweh's people. Um, but there's one specific verse, and that's verse 5. It's different from all the rest, and it's different because it, the Lord actually declares it an, an abomination. Uh, so uh, this specific verse is, is verse 5. A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing, for whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh your God. So we're not talking about putting tassels on your clothing. That's not an abomination. This is like drawn out in the same wordage as uh, as whenever he talked about homosexuality, how that is a, an abomination. Um, and so – you know, this verse has been taken as as far as like transsexualism and cross-dressing. Uh, but if you look at the the um, the Hebrew language, the original Hebrew language, it, it actually finds that there's some additional meanings to it as well. Um, the, the the version that I just read was the legacy standard. And and I'm actually a little disappointed in that uh, that verse translated because the word for ish uh, – it would be man. That's not the word that's used here. So it's a, actually a different word. Um, it's gibber. And so gibber would be like a warrior or a soldier or a workman that's used elsewhere in scripture that is uh, a different a, – it's a little bit more of a manly man, not just a general term. And even the word for clothing in that verse is different as well. So uh, what you'd normally hear for the word clothing is not used. What's what's used is this word called keli, which is better translated as tools or utensils um, rather than clothing. So we kind of see a, a different picture here that could could really mean more about armor and helmets and swords or even a tool belt, uh, let alone a, a M16 and and you know combat armor. Um, so I'm no Hebrew scholar, but 
just a, just a little bit of study, you'll see that this translation it it goes deeper than just just clothing and yeah. and the the uh, nuances from the original Hebrew language just wasn't uh, translated as well as it could have been. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you for that. And that's a, that hopefully provokes anybody that's listening, especially me. Like I'd love to do that word study and understand that because yeah, there is, there, there are Hebrew idioms and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And you know, English is not as cool, <laughs> you know, as you <laughs> right, go, right, go back right. to the Septuagint you go back to that, but that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, I've got the CSB and uh, though they're not inspired, you know, the sub or the uh, heading heading text that separates right. things that we've put in anyway, talks about maintaining natural distinctions and so yes. you know this is this is this is an interesting topic and i know um we had discussed it prior to uh, hitting record on this uh, episode uh but something that we have talked about on the podcast before and i do not remember when i mentioned it. i think i've mentioned it a couple times before but just uh keeping that understanding of uh covenant maleness covenant femaleness you know i'll take us to the 1689 um london baptist confession here um let's see it is a uh, chapter Four of creation since we're talking about creation um, after God had made all the other creatures he created man male and female with reasonable immortal souls rendering them fit unto that life to which or to God for which they were created being made in the image or made made after the image of God in knowledge righteousness and true holiness and so there is a telos there is a design that God has created and so he's created them male and female as genesis has said and so that there's this like idea that i'd like to again just be able to study research and put it all out there is what is covenant maleness what is covenant femaleness there's uh even in the new testament it still goes back to creation Uh, paul talks about the woman being deceived and the man being responsible and all that kind of stuff and so this is what you're really driving at is what is you know what is covenant maleness what is covenant femaleness what does the bible say we are supposed to um restore because of the work of Christ um, mm-hmm. and the work of the Holy Spirit in us is what do we need? This is that we don't destroy things, um, but we reform things. And so this would be then the spirit of re- Semper Reformanda. That's what you're driving at. What should we end up getting to as the Bible say? And so I appreciate um, that you have brought my attention back to that idea of um, this. Uh, what is a What is a man? What is a woman? We're here today. <laughs> Even Matt Walsh, unfortunately, couldn't answer the question. He could just uh, have his wife open a pickle jar at the end of the show. So what is a woman? Uh, somebody that can open a pickle jar, I guess. But <laughs> So it shows you that if you don't go to the scriptures, if you don't go to Revelation, you have no knowledge and you can't prove anything, which is the Tag Your It podcast. That's what we're we're here about to continue, <laughs> continue in that. So, but yeah, I appreciate, I, I appreciate all this. Yes. I think your use of Deuteronomy 22, five is excellent. And with the mm-hmm. commentaries, again, I'm not a Hebrew scholar as well, but many will of course address that the language there is very key to actually the view of a warrior, the warriors. You're, in other words, Absolutely. you're silly. If you send your women out to war, they're not even supposed to dress that way. We don't even want them mm-hmm. to be uh, looking or presenting themselves that way, which is very, very interesting when it comes into this idea. Uh, so then because women have the same uniform, have the same, again, in their appearance, and then, of course, in the tools that they're using, it can, runs right against if we are to say that our laws and that our country is based upon God's revelation, uh, which is true, that is the truth. We've definitely, yep. again, 
put uh, an affront to that. And likewise, we've actually been exceptionally foolish in the way that we've done that. So with that said, if you don't mind, give me just a little bit of an understanding of what that meant in 2013 for women to be in combat roles. Because women have been in script, have been in the military for, and I, I don't remember the exact year, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, I trained with women in my basic training. I was Army and, of course, had a female drill sergeant. But um, wow. what is the – what was that distinction that was made and why is that such a big thing? And, and maybe, maybe we were even foolish before then to allow women in the military. <clears throat> Help me a little bit with some of that. Well, so as far as – as far as history goes, women were first kind of adopted into nurse roles, and so their their husbands and their boyfriends and their brothers and their dads were off at, at to war, and um, they they needed nurses. And so I, I I believe that's a noble role. I think that that's that's absolutely fine. Um, it's whenever you start giving women guns and and telling them that hey, even if you're not in a combat role. Um, you might have to use this. That seems like the foolish thing that a nation could ever do. You, you know, you don't see that with any other empire um, post 20th century. It just yeah. didn't happen. And and I think it comes down to to judgment, honestly. Um, mm. In Isaiah three one through yes. five, we see we see that God is withholding and and actually removing the the warrior, the 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 mighty men, the prophet, the judge, all these men from uh, from Israel's population and and replacing them with children and women. And so one through five gives you a, an, a very detailed list. And then verse 12 in chapter three says, oh, my people, my, their taskmasters are infants and women rule over them. Oh, my people, those who guide you, lead you astray and swallow you up the way of the path of your path. And so this is judgment. And that's and and that's what happened in 2013. Um, the interesting thing, though, is I had friends who who were women who were serving and men uh, friends who who wives were serving as well. And I never heard any women like ranting and 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 going up to Washington, D.C. to make their point heard that they want to be in these combat roles. It was the feminists who were on in, you know, in our in the civilian world who were who were the ones pushing for this kind of uh, this this kind of these things to be overturned. And um, and so that was an interesting point that that I never heard any any female military members, you know, uh, going up in arms for for this to take place. So, yeah, yeah. And it's really funny. Like, I don't know that I, I was trying to look at it, look it up. There's a in the past. Uh, I was told because of my position on uh, well, just dealing with that, the, the abolition of abortion and stuff. They actually charged me. Well, you're just you know, you're, you're, you would be for putting women in combat. And I'm sitting here going like, that's your position. <laughs> you're the atheist, <laughs> you know, you're the egalitarian, yeah. whatever basis yeah. that you have for that. But I'm sitting here like, no, 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 no. I've got this covenantal thing, division of labor 
anything. No, it's just you don't understand. You're not humble enough to like ask me questions because it's Facebook, it's the internet, it's just all assertions and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so like what I, I think my big question here is, you know, so you, you, we do have the change in 2013 at some level. You know, we, you had a like World War Two. You had the women um, building ammunition and tanks and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um, while the men were out getting stinging slaughtered. Um, but so we, we did have this like American, like sort of nuclear family working together. So there was still like a division and a separation going like, we're not going to send women out on the front lines. The men are going to do that, but Hey, we don't have anybody here to support them. So you're talking about nurses and, and, uh, building tanks and building, getting ammunition, all that kind of stuff to get it shipped over there. And then now we get to 2013 to where it's just like, well, we tried to do this army of one thing for so long um, that didn't get enough people. So basically we're coming down to um, we need anybody. If you got a warrant, like it's like the army is the Catholic church. If you got a warm body, we'll welcome you. Yeah, (laughs) And so so like my thing is like, what are the presuppositions of what they're teaching you Mm. Um, like to, to gear you up for going into battle? Oh man, um, well it's, it gets pretty gruesome. Like so, yeah. there there were times where we were sitting in uh, in dark rooms with a projector, and they're just showing us picture after picture of uh, at this time because of the context was Afghanistan. Um, our men who had their and, and this is graphic. Uh, if you have if I have your permission to go there. Um, Yes. Okay. Okay. So yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, like showing pictures of our guys with their heads blown off, and and showing video recordings with which they they were using. ISIS was using for uh, for recruitment videos where they could attach a, a a recording device to their scope, and and they're just showing uh, video after video of them taking us out, um, and and women were included in those videos, and and it meant to enrage us, uh, yeah. and and it was. It was preparing us, obviously, for what we're going to see. But then, when we would be out in on the the field training, I mean, it was very um, gruesome as well. So the 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 ways that we would train and the words that we would were say were uh, were awful. <laughs> I had, yeah. I, I mean, just just to mind my tongue. Uh, once I got married and I, I got out of the military, like I had to I had to work really hard and prayerfully. <laughs> um, pull that sin back in where I'm not, I'm not saying those words, but I mean, just, just death was, was kind of, uh, laid on us as, as, a as nonchalant, we're going to kill everything that we see, anything mm. that fires on us we're we're it's kill, 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 kill yeah. over and over and over again. So would you say, I guess, uh, to, to, I guess maybe to reduce this to just a really good point, like they're destroying um, basically they're, they're trying to destroy the image of God in the enemy to Absolutely. destroy your image of God to yeah. where we're just all just both sides, just a bunch of yeah killing robots. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and, that's and a sad thing. Yeah. You see it, you see it in, in TV, you see it in video games like crazy. Uh, my little brother who, who's my youngest brother, who's 11 years old or younger than me, 11 years younger than me, uh, from very early age, you know, Playing those video games, wanting to go do it in real life, like he was good in Call of Duty, so he felt like that made him a a, a good candidate to go and and try out for the military and and uh, because he because he literally want and, and that's that's noble that's seen as noble uh, in today's culture, 
um, that that's what that's what men do. And 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 there are men that have to go out and do that to protect our country. Uh, and, and we see very gruesome things in Scripture where God actually commanded them to go do these things, but they never mm-hmm. took their wives. They never took their daughters. They never took their mothers out to to do these things with them. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. my question would be regarding some of the hard evidence that we've already seen. I know that it's very difficult to probably get some of that out because much of it is probably Mm -hmm. hidden. Uh, The army doesn't want you to know some of the implications of this on women. And I'm curious if you've been able to find any statistics about maybe some of the impacts already since 2013 of women being in combat. I mean, we know we know already from, you know, you and I served at a pretty similar time. I was I think uh, I was discharged in 2013. So okay. uh, you and I would have had a at least a somewhat of a crossover, different branches. But we already knew all the way in 2013 that much of the much of the impact that men were experiencing, the PTSD was very mm-hmm. serious. Uh, yeah. In fact, even more serious than what we first thought was not something we paid a lot of attention to following World War One or World War Two or right. even even uh, Vietnam or the Korean War. That was just not something that was really talked about very much. Those things were still there, but we were able to find a lot of mental health problems as a result of combat experience and many different men. Uh, is there data available about how this has impacted women and what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, as a whole, as far as military goes, there women make up about 27% of the military today. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like 36, 367,000 women who who were we're exposing to these things. And so there has been plenty plenty of evidence, plenty of data. Uh, so that's just at one time. That's that's not you know even counting the numbers of women who have gotten out since since 2013 or or even before that if they because. Even if you weren't in a combat role, if you were driving a Humvee, you still were very likely to get hit by an IED or very likely to be ambushed, uh, you know, very likely to see combat in certain situations, even if you weren't in a, a combat position. So, uh, yeah, so there's there's we know that men have almost 30, almost uh, 30 pounds more muscle than women. And 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 so that makes them far less capable to do their job Uh they, they have 40% more upper body strength, 33% more lower body strength, and 20% more bone density. So this has led to, one, dropping physical fitness standards because, one, women weren't able to keep up with the physical fitness standards of the men. That it, it wasn't – the things that were in place, it, they just couldn't meet the government's quotas to enlist women with those yeah. standards, so they lowered them significantly. So real quick, we can objectively see – in any of the hard evidence that we get, the distinct difference between male and female biologically. And so what we're doing is we're acting in opposition to that, or Mm -hmm. we're trying to accommodate for the differences when we have an enemy who doesn't care. Right. Right. If you, if, 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 if you're, if you're a male prisoner of war, what are they going to use you for? They're either going to kill you or they're going to use you for hard labor. If you're a female, well, you're no good for hard labor. So they're going to take advantage of other uh, means that they have, and and, yeah. and it happens regularly. Regu- and and these women are kept alive, um, and, and for 
and become sex slaves. That's what that's yeah. what happens. Same thing that happens to children when they're when they're uh, you know abducted. So yeah. So what we're seeing is we know that the science is there. We know that the facts are there. And unfortunately, it's just been ignored largely just to accommodate this uh, this ideology from from the feminists and and I don't know if you're if you're aware of this David but the army has completely removed push-ups from their physical <laughs> fitness tests I didn't know that <laughs> so so it was it was deemed unfair to women because and and likewise the marine corps you know have have pull-ups well women don't have to do the pull-ups all they have to do is pull their chin up to a bar and they have to hold it for for any amount of uh, of time and that's how they get gain their points um well as you guys can imagine, it's much more difficult to do 20 or 25 pull-ups than it is just to hold your body up. That's difficult too, but the women weren't able to do even one or two pull-ups, so they they changed that as well. And and so all of this all of this is found directly on the Army website, directly on the Marine Corps website. It'll tell you exactly what the physical fitness is, uh, standards and tests are for men versus women, and and they're not they're not equal. But here's here's my my stance is that even if there was one woman out and and, and we've seen them go to ranger school and do all this stuff, uh, they they don't make it. Um, they don't make it into the fleet to do that job, but uh, even if there are those women who can meet that that standard that a male and and it's likely that there are, um, but that that still doesn't bypass the the biblical God ordained role that we ha- that we have in gender. So from a from a a secular standpoint, they'll say, well, if you know if a woman can pass that test, wouldn't you be okay with her her uh, her joining and and doing those combat roles uh, and from a christian standpoint I, I i can't i can't i can't say that yeah uh, yeah because like well yeah just again just going in that covenant maleness femaleness yeah. uh covenant creation um idea though i mean it's like the thing is we're gonna see guys like we've we've got to like, this would be like the rick warren thing like we see that in women like if if you want to do some sort of just very generic horribly done homiletic you can call women what they do shepherding kids so they have a shepherding gift but then you go well shepherd pastor okay you can be a pastor yeah no right (laughs) Right? but that's the that's that's the that's the way things are going and it's like no 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 what is the division of labor that god has instilled into his creation and we do see things scientifically we can see the body mass and and those things and, and 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 that's where the fight is, but it's like, well, we, we have to parallel it with what has God said, like men be responsible, take action, um, be, be the man. Mm-hmm. And then woman, be the woman be the life giver, right. be the nurturer. And Absolutely. because of the fallen world that we live in now, Adam was like, you're going, like, God was like, you're going to work and it's going to stink for you. I'm going to end up cursing the ground and you're going to buy the sweat. So he didn't tell the woman to go exactly like, so like, why can't the woman go like, Wow, thank you, God. <laughs> so I don't like. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm gonna. But, but at the same time, but at the same time, uh, well, you're going to increase my um, pains and childbearing and stuff like that. And well, that's when you get into the New Testament. Well, you'll be saved through it. <laughs> you'll, you're fine. You're, so, <laughs> and that's know? a that's a great yeah. point too. That in in yeah. First Timothy, in that argument that Paul makes, he hits on the same exact things that 
that Eve was being punished for. So he he hits on childbearing. He hits on the desire to learn. And then yeah. he hits on even the submission to her husband. And so yeah. it's a great parallel there. Um, so we have, but, yeah. So we have covenantal continuity there between old covenant, new covenant, how we're yep. supposed to have that division of labor. It's, it's in covenant creation. Yeah. And uh, and then whenever we reject that, um, then we go through the whole thing. It's not just homosexuality in uh, in in Romans one eighteen through thirty two. It ends up becoming the whole like we are subverting God's design for our own little tower of Babel. And if that's yeah. our military state, that's what we're building. So yeah. if you if you are for the military industrial complex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, you've got feminists and all these people that would be like, well, let's stop having war. But I want to be a part of the military and build this industrial complex and be a part of it because they're allowing me. And it's like, wait a second. You, know, yeah. you got philosophical yeah. schizophrenia <laughs> right. there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So. Well, I, I heard this point argued really. And it was, you know, I, I don't know if uh, if some of your listeners will will see this as I'm as I'm laying it out there. But um Multiple times in Exodus and and uh, uh, Deuteronomy, we see that whenever they're giving sacrifices, that you may slaughter a a a young goat, but you, but it is forbidden to boil it in its mother's milk. And, yes. Um. And you know, similar to uh, whenever Paul talks about uh, about the oxen, like God's interest is not in ox, it's it's in people. And and, and likewise here, it could be a uh, uh, an, an illustration of of the mother's milk is is to um, to to grow and and nurture and love and and to 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 kill in sorry it to kill in 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 its mother's milk would be a disgrace on the order that God has has laid out. Um, yeah. And uh, and so. That was another another point that I ran to or I, that I ran into whenever I was preparing for my my paper. Um, and then another one was Doug Wilson made a point that was that was spot on. He said, you know, women were behind pulpits far before they were flying F-16s or yeah. with AR-15s, um, M-16s. And so we have failed. Christians have failed. Mm-hmm. The men of of. Uh, of us men, we have failed before uh, society has deemed it okay for women to go to war. So really, I mean, we're to blame with putting women in pulpits, men kind of taking the back seat, letting women spiritually lead the family. That, that's that. I, I know many people who have grown up where their dad didn't know a lick of scripture. Their mom was the one that really pushed the 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 Bible and and for the family to go to church and and for the past I, I don't know um, probably century men have willfully taken the back seat in submission to their wives and 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 you're you're right so there, there's this bigger broader picture of what does the covenantal what is the man and what is the woman uh, covenantally yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here what about women like you know, Joan of Arc, Cleopatra. Uh, I'll go to a biblical example here, but what about those women? I mean, gosh, they seem to jump up and they seem to take some great combat roles. Um, what do you do with examples like that? I mean, I know they're outliers, but they're. And examples. then you have like, yeah, I guess like, yeah, Judith and man, like, there's, yeah, there's tons of 
history, you know, back in the day, <laughs> you know, even yeah, if it's apocryphal yeah. or whatever, you have stories. Um, yeah, Deborah. Even, Deborah's yeah. a great uh-huh. example. Yeah. And, and so I would, I would never for an instant, if a, if a woman was being, uh, was trying to be captured or, or raped, I would, I would never say, well, it's unbiblical for you to fight back. It's unbiblical mm-hmm. for you to step up and, and protect yourself. That's, that's not what I'm saying whatsoever. And, and in certain cases, as far as uh, Cleopatra and Joan of Arc, these were these were situations that uh, uh, there was really no they really had no other choice. They, they were especially like Deborah. You know, the Book of Judges is uh, is just that it, they're they're judges for for all of Israel. And um, based on Isaiah three, I feel like Deborah would very much be a, a judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, onto Israel, just her being there, even even though she was ruthless, even though she was good at war tactics. Same thing with with Joan of Arc and 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 the countless others. These these are women who we don't build policy on these outliers, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's kind of that's what's kind of been done. So so these women are are brought up, um, and and they're they're kind of paraded as as these these heroines, which which they are by 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 definition and 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 um praise god for 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 deborah being providentially placed where she was uh, but that was a time in israel's history where uh, they didn't have a leader they 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 weren't led the way that M- moses or or joshua um um uh led them yeah, uh, and so, so would you say that this is God's judgment on a nation when the women are put into combat roles? That's part of the way God judges a nation. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a con- there, yeah, there's a conflation here, um, and so would you guys agree with me? I mean, this is the conflation between the decretive will and the prescriptive will of mm-hmm. God. So you've got God, pre- you know, the God's law. But then he's decreed certain things, you know, like he decreed the fall to happen, though mm-hmm. he wanted Adam and Eve to obey him. Yeah, there is a again, he had the beginning. Uh, he had the end from the beginning already and all that kind of stuff. So like he's he's uh, there's the there's the, the prescriptive will. This is what um, is intended. But there is the decretive will of what is actually going to happen. Um, and so like a lot of times this is in the Calvinist Arminian debate, all that kind of stuff is the uh, conflation that, you know, there, there are, he doesn't have multiple wills like God is fighting himself, but there are what we see in revelation that God has said something. Um, but then he's also said something to take place. Yeah. And so you have the law and you have this, and then you have human responsibility, you know, all compatible with each other. It's not that God's divided against himself, but it's just how we've categorized things from scripture and so, yeah, like, would you just agree that, I mean, God said this, this is the way it's supposed to be, but then um, to judge a nation, especially his people, especially whenever you're talking about Isaiah, you know, he is, he is, well, Romans 1, 18 through 32 describes the whole thing. He hands them over to a debased mind to do what not ought not to be done. So they, mm-hmm. they have the law written on their hearts. They know it. they're suppressing the truth about it. But then there is that, you know, we're, we're pushing the uh, beach ball underwater, but sometimes that beach ball comes up because we do know. But then there's that point where like Pharaoh, God hardened, 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 like Pharaoh's Absolutely. heart was hard, but then God hardened it to make sure that mm-hmm. the Egyptians would be destroyed so that the Israelites would see the mighty works of God so that they'd come out worshiping him. 
Absolutely. So God it's the same. Yeah. Glorified. Yeah. So that's just you'd agree then that you know it just mm-hmm. fits in with the normal biblical story that it gets repeated and repeated. And so like let's finally get it in our heads. This mm-hmm. is how God works. But yeah. But yeah, it's but yeah, that's a wonderful answer. So thank you for that. Well, uh, let me kind of boil things down here and funnel them down to what I think is a, is probably the best question that we haven't asked. So how then do we live? I'll steal yes. a little bit from uh, from Schaefer and a little bit from Colson and Piercy. Uh, how then should we live, knowing that this is a reality? What would you say that we should mm-hmm. do as a response to this? Well, I, I think that it's a there are very serious consequences that are coming down the line that are being talked about. Um, and of course, they're, they're not just pr- plastered on the news uh, to let you know that they're being talked about. But uh, of course, the draft is something mm-hmm. that's very real. Um, yeah. And uh, my, as a father, I would, uh, I would go into hiding before I allow my daughter to be drafted into any situation. I would go and take her place. I don't know if they'd let me, but uh, um, th- that's ultimately what we're what we're coming to is is a world where there there is no distinction between male and female, and so therefore your 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 daughters are expected to go out and fight just like your boys are, and uh, and so I think fighting tooth and nail um, to to keep that from happening I I've I've really lost faith in our uh, in our in our pol- political system, um, and so I don't know how much voting really, really does anymore. But I think that's that's the the most real uh, consequence that's coming down the line that we we will eventually face. And I've got a little girl, and Dave, I know you do. Um, uh, Ray, Ray, do you have? You have? I've got one of I got one of each flavor. So yeah, one I of, got okay, yeah, she, okay. yeah, the oldest. My oldest. Uh, my oldest is uh, my little girl. She's eleven right now, and. And yeah, and I don't, yeah, I'm not, no, no. I'm not going to play that no, game. And, no. and so um, I I think that not being afraid, and, and, and we know the moment you start talking about identity politics and, and start talking about uh, uh, women's rights, man, even the most Christ, Christian-esque uh, churchy people become become hostile. So, you know, I think not being afraid to have those conversations, speaking out boldly to proclaim God's word, exactly what it says and, and, uh, and, and not, not veering from that, um, leading our churches and, 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 uh, speaking to our elders about, about what policies would be in place if, 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 if someone in the church, you know, wanted to send their daughter to war. I I do, I I believe that any military, even if it's not a combat role, it would be sinful as a father to do that for your daughter. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, how would you have this conversation? Because you know, I, I know I have women in my congregation um, that uh, have served or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the distinctions could be like, well, they weren't married yet. So, yeah. So, how how would you talk to somebody that what like a, a woman that was in military service? We've had this conversation now. Say she's listened to it and she's going like, 
so I was in the military. So like <laughs> you're, you're yeah. getting that stink eye. Like you just had yeah. this conversation. I heard it. I was in the military. What do you tell me? You know, like, so how, what if, how do we have these conversations after having a conversation like this? Like it's wrong for women to be in the military, like on, on the combat side. Mm-hmm. Again, we've said like, you know, we have nurturing things that need to be done. Um, and there is that division there um, that you can shine in and do and perform because, we do want to love our neighbors and part yeah. of loving your neighbor is loving uh, the place and where you live. So it could be mm-hmm. your city, your state, your nation. Um, you know, as Christians, we have more in common with somebody in Saudi Arabia um, that's a Christian than we do the atheist neighbor next door for sure. Absolutely. And so that's, that's part of it too. But like, how do we have this conversation um, after they've heard the conversation and then the defenses go up? So what would you say mm-hmm. to somebody yeah. that would come up to you and uh, have this kind of conversation? Well, so I didn't get into all the statistics about how – so women are five times more likely to commit suicide once they've become a, a veteran um, than, mm. than females are, or just you know, uh, regular civilian women, and that's a huge difference. Um, also, PTSD affects women three times more likely to, uh, to, to – to be detrimental to a woman's life than than a man who has served. So these numbers are awful. And so I would say to her, thank you for your service and um and praise God that you you didn't have to suffer the way so many of these other women have suffered. Or maybe she has, you know, uh, with this whole feminist movement, it's funny how they 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 actually don't want them to be feminine. They want them to be masculine and 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 hold in those emotions. Well, that's what that's what causes suicide. That's what causes, yeah. uh, you know, serious damage. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I, I assuming that that she wasn't affected the way so many women are, I would I would I would just say praise God. But but that is not a reason to yeah. support or um, or, or even a- advertise women being in a, a military role. Uh, yeah. In in any case. Yeah. So wonderful. Well, yeah. So I just want to make sure that you know because we got to spread. Great, great question. Yeah, we got to spread yeah. the grace and everything because and it's the same thing you know even on the abolition of abortion side that's what I get like what do you tell a woman that's had an abortion had an abortion and it's yep. like well yeah it was wrong wasn't it you know yeah. but yeah. yes there so there is law there is gospel everything has again we have this like whole continuity discontinuity there's prescriptive things there are things actually how they fall out and that they don't fall out apart from god ordaining them to fall out that way but they you know right. like if you get into it yeah you can you can't wrap your mind around some of this stuff you know that they fall out freely and, and whatever but it's all by the determined plan, the, the foreordained plan of God um, that mm-hmm. he has had since the beginning, and he's got the tell loss and all that stuff. And this is what we all come back down to. It's God's word, God's design, God's decree, and his covenant creation. And uh, that's what holds everything together. So you've got your meta, Absolutely. you've got your particulars. We've got to you know, unfold those things. But I think uh, you know, we've definitely had the, the, the great conversation because it goes into everything. And I, we, we've, we've hit it, be it uh, women in combat, be it uh, homosexuality, transsexual things going on, um, abortion, just whatever. It always comes down to what is man, what is woman, and uh, is, there, is there not a God kind of a thing? Um, and then how do we, how do we live? 
mm-hmm. in light of that. And are we going to be consistent? Are we going to buy a plane ticket to Boston and get try to get off at Chicago, or are we going to go straight to Boston? You know, right. that's that's the whole this whole like every conversation. This why it, you know, the transcendental argument, presuppositional stuff, it, it works for everything. And it's always going to come down and hit those main points because it's worldview mm-hmm. issues. And so, um, you know, thank you for your work and uh, just uh, taking Great on job. a topic like that because it is a tough topic and it does mm-hmm. make blood boil. And, uh, you know, it, it starts out divisive, but can we all meet around the gospel and be like, no, I want to, I want to love you as mm-hmm. Christ has loved me and as Christ has loved his creation. And, and so there are distinctions. Um, there are universal principles, but then there are particulars. And so you have unity and diversity. And uh, that's just where the conversation usually stops with the world is whenever you actually have to think about more than right. just a pragmat- pragmatic two minutes before you buy a dishwasher. <laughs> you know, so. uh, Colton, thank you so much, brother. We're so glad to have you. This is great stuff. I would just encourage you, you know, continue to develop this thought and uh, write some type of a blog to submit to uh, for the church. Uh, sounds like a really great. How does the pastor approach women in combat? Mm. You know, and uh, you've got great work that you've done. I'm thankful for the statistics and the work you did. And uh, yes, continuing to pray for you. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the program. Of course. I'm happy to, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and anything else that comes up in the future that uh, comes out, just uh, let us know. We'll uh, talk about it again on the podcast because yeah, we want to try to get as that's what we're still doing after uh, this is the seventh season. This would be two thousand. This would be 279. Or two, maybe 280. Maybe this is episode yeah. 280. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. This is episode 280. So, we've been doing this for a while. And uh, it's it's to start the conversation, have material out there that uh, gets people thinking. And um, hopefully, um, as in the past, you know, pastors bring the, the questions happen in their sanctuaries and, and among their people. And uh, they, they can pull, it, pull up something where we've talked about it. Yeah, we haven't exhausted everything, um, but at least we've uh, maybe given some ideas to be like, oh, that was okay. There's a good thought to, to go down. So um, we hope to only serve our brothers and sisters um, in, in conversation and uh, really just uh, well, let's get to the gospel in this. Um, let's Amen. and then let's uh, show the world um, be the be the salt and light that we're supposed to be. So, again, thank you for your work. Uh, yes, Dave, sir. thank you for your time today. And oh, uh, you, yeah, man. and we'll get this uh, one up whenever it goes up. And hopefully it starts a great conversation, especially since I've been asked a uh, civil matter type things in military and war and all that stuff. So hopefully <laughs> that person will get some questions answered at some yeah. level. So anyway, uh, with that said, this has been the tag your it podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. And we have, I'm Colton Cruz. And uh, thank you guys uh, again for uh, listening to the podcast and downloading it. Make sure you like it on Facebook and uh, subscribe on YouTube and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. And with that said, Soli, Deo, Gloria. Gloria.